That's right, you are now listening to Tommy Tom's One Mic. Warning, this podcast contains explicit language, triggering or sensitive topics, and controversial discussions. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tommy Tom's One Mic. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind, never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher, choice cuts, no, I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles, y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying niggas, cause you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm read through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgraded mind. This is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend, only happens with time. Let's hit the mic. Hey guys, welcome back to Tommy Tom and One Mic. And today I bring to you another fantasy guru, the man who curated and has been, I guess you could say, the big commish of uh, the greatest fantasy football league ever known, uh, the O'Connor Cup Classic. We will get into a little of the history of that as we go into this episode, but I'm excited to uh, reconnect with this guy. This is one of my first college roommates, I guess you could say housemates, along with uh, my good buddy Dave. But I'm glad to reconnect, and I bring to you guys Mr. Eric Svensson. Did I say that right? Did I fuck yeah, that up? Yeah, I no, did. You got it. Yes, that's one point. One point for me. All <laughs> right. Mr. Eric Svensson, a.k.a. Mr. Hot, a.k.a. Mr. Hot Sauce, a.k.a. The Man, The Myth, The Legend. How you doing, Eric? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? I'm good, brother. You know, uh, as I said, it, this is one of my first housemates. You know, uh, usually in college, you got to be on campus for like two years. And then, uh, you know, after those two years, you have the option to move out. And Eric was uh, good friends with Dave, another guy named James, who uh, we all were kind of a buddy, buddy uh, (laughs) during college. So, so yeah, let's get a place together. And Eric, Dave and me, we uh, guess I get I guess now I call it the legendary house of uh, 73 Garden. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Or as I call it, the fun house, as uh, I believe I talked in uh, Hudson's uh, episode. It was, uh, the, the floors were never even in any part of that house, I don't think. Yeah, that place was crazy. <laughs> but I loved it. It was just like a fun house. You, you walked up the back staircase into kind of like a mud room that was also like a step down from the rest of the house. And then Everything like, was like oh, a step. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was always a step. And sometimes there's a step like in the middle of the floor. It was, uh, but it was a good time and all that. Then we went to 15 Tompkins, of course, uh, yeah, right the, below. The Alamo. Yep. Uh, <laughs> love that house. Uh, I, of course, will uh, bring up Eric's Green Man experience later on in the episode. Oh, my God. If you guys are, if you guys are fans of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's exactly as it seems. It's exactly as it seems. Now, Eric, uh, you know, like I said, it's been a while, uh, as we mentioned before. I think the last time uh, we were able to see each other face to face was Hudson's wedding. That's yeah. it. It's a good time. And, uh, you know, we kind of know a little about each other. We don't know that much. We live together. It's always kind of like a little separation. It was like we were close. Maybe we didn't know everything about each other, but it was mm-hmm. like, I always felt it was like uh, kind of that like silent mutual understanding. I got you yeah. back. You got mine. We're cool and all that. Uh, you know, I put that mostly on myself. I'm a uh, 
sheltered guy, I think, as uh, anybody who's lived with me, as you can attest. Uh, it was seldom that you would see me outside my room. Uh, <laughs> I believe uh, uh, Wolfen would uh, state that he would always walk into my room every uh, party, uh, thinking it was the bathroom. And he's like, oh, you're in here. Or it was usually the question of, uh, I forgot you lived here sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was mean, an I had, I had my own anxiety issues. So, I mean, I, you can't put that all on you, you know. But like you said, we had a, we had a mutual understanding and we, we got along. Yeah, it was never any issues or anything like that. It's always fun. But as I uh, talked to you before, I, I'm pretty sure you told me the story, but let's face it, it's been like 13 years. <laughs> uh, I am curious about, usually I'm not used to calling you Eric. It was always hot sauce. That was the name. Of course, the basic thing was like, all right, he has a bunch of hot sauces. You know, I remember uh, at 73 Grand, I believe somebody gifted you a whole like, uh, Almost like shelf thing, just with all different hot sauces and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, I was always getting hot sauce for for gifts, whether it was actual hot sauce or hot sauce branded items, boxers, t-shirts, just everything. Everything was always hot sauce. So how did that name, uh, I guess, uh, get dubbed onto you? Because I assume it was before Cortland. It was actually the very, very beginnings of our time in Cortland. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I, so the main dining hall knew big by the time we left they changed a little bit where um there was kind of like a a service area in the center where like they had all the condiments and everything but like yeah. when we started there were big super long tables and like they had every once in a while they'd have a caddy with you know your straws and your ketchup and the hot sauce and I didn't have class till late on Fridays. So like we'd go out Thursday night. Uh, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. And Friday morning we'd go and we'd get omelets. Now there was one day, you know, when they started like figuring out, you know, we're not going to put the hot sauce in the caddies. And I was super hungover that day. <laughs> and I was just like, I just want some freaking hot sauce with this omelet through a big, like made a big scene. <laughs> And I have a feeling Dave was there. He might have been like, hey, calm down, hot sauce. I don't know if that's 100% true that he gave me the nickname, but it sounds like something that would have happened. That, that sounds to, very, very uh, plausible. Uh. To, to my <laughs> recollection, that's, that's how it started. And then, you know, it just, it just snowballed. And then at some point, you know, my sister started calling me hot sauce and like just everybody everybody started calling me hot sauce that's funny like i now i know i didn't know the story i think i just always assumed it was like something like because that was i think that was how i was introduced to you this is hot sauce no before before Cortland, everyone just called me sven uh, this was the last name and yeah whatnot. pretty much what we do with uh tvas yeah <laughs> so you know uh of course Cortland. uh <laughs> I call them probably some of my favorite years. Uh, debaucherous, of course. I like. Uh, I joke on stage sometimes. Uh, I've gone from my raging 20s to the dirty 30s, where it's like I look back at everything I did in my 20s, and I'm just like, whew, I need a shower. This is whew, <laughs> yeah. so wild and whatnot. But I, I'm on record as saying those were probably some of my favorite years, and of course you were a part of those. Uh, like I said, we were housemates and whatnot. Uh, you were there for the creation of uh, 
one of my favorite things uh, from college, I guess, is the, the drink of the week. Drink of the week. Yeah. The classic. I believe you and Dave were uh, about to go out. Oh, what was it? I forget what the supermarket store they're they're like. Uh, Tops right was right around the corner. From yeah, those. it was Tops. It was Tops. You guys were going to Tops. I don't know what it was because Dave and me would occasionally just yell at each other for random shit or whatever. And so Dave said, Tom, I don't know what's going to happen. But when I get back, you better figure out what we're drinking or something. Yeah. And I'm a pit bull that when I'm challenged, I, of course, take it to the next level. And I think by the time you guys came back, that's when I still had like a printer in my room or something. I had printed out a list of drink of the week for the entire month. I was like, all right, I got this month <laughs> or this week or something. And we started yeah. in that. Remember you, uh, you, the wine and cheese night, I believe you, that, that was, uh, of course, on brand for you. Yeah, that's probably, you know, the beginnings of, of where Chet Daniels came from. And that Chet alter ego that developed into a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> All of us, you know, we, we have to deal with our demons. Eric uh, literally had, uh, I guess you can call it a schizophrenic episode in the sense that uh, he, he became a completely different person that we know as Chet Daniels, which hilariously, if you heard uh, the episode with uh, Mr. Matt Hudson, we discussed how a auto draft computer i guess you could say won the very first year of our league that auto draft computer character's name was chet daniels yeah we needed we needed an eighth person we only had seven to begin with we only had six we only had five the first season it was you yeah oh yeah 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 ryan uh dave hudson and me uh at 15 tompkins and we're like, we need just one more. Let's just do an auto draft. We don't care and whatnot. Yeah. And then I, I wasn't allowed to do any trades or, or change his lineup unless I was drinking wine. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. probably wasn't the most responsible choice we've ever made. It's not the least <laughs> responsible. That's true also. <laughs> uh, no. Chad Daniels, uh, the classic. Eric's uh, alter ego. Which I think what I loved... And I talked about this in the episode with Dave. What I loved about, uh, I guess, our house dynamic, and I kind of touched on it a little, is that we could all do our own thing. And then it was like at the end of the night, we were all like brought together or something. It would mm-hmm. be nice that you go out, you do your own thing. Dave would go to uh, like Homer or something. And then I would go probably to like the swim team or uh, probably Red Jug in the final years of, of my college career there. Yeah. But it was always like that reconnect at the end it's like i we went out so what'd you do what'd you do buffy of course being a, a classic one uh oh my god <laughs> i don't know if i ever learned that girl's name yeah that was we were having we were, we were pre-gaming at the house and i don't even remember where she came from she was a friend of a friend right she was here's the thing okay um that night we were all incredibly fucked up uh I won't speak for you guys. I know for myself, I had taken some LSD, uh, went out to my boy Lee's house. Dave, I think, went to Homer. You were passed out when we left. And I don't think, do you remember those like uh, uh, stress ball tits that I had or something? Yeah. I remember before we left, I was like, "Ah, I'm going to just put one in his hand so that when he wakes up, he knows he's not alone. <laughs> yeah i remember so that this. and all i know is when i came back you and dave were there and then there's these girls there i think they came 
probably from the neighbor's house because they would have little get-togethers or something with uh Stephen, Stefan, and uh, Matt. Oh, and, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they might have just come over from there. Like, you were knocked out when we left. When we came back, you were up. Or should I say, Chet was up. And I forget, I think you asked for the girl's name and she gave it, and you're just like, nah, it's Buffy. And then it just proceeded <laughs> to be. Yeah, somehow I found out she was from Buffalo. Oh, that's, yeah. And I was like, I couldn't remember her name, but I could remember she was from Buffalo, so I just called her Buffy. And she was like, I don't like that. And I'm like, I don't care. And I, of course, enjoyed uh, You Are the Man, uh, who introduced me to uh, possibly the greatest, I'm about to go out and uh, party song ever, party all the time, Eddie Murphy. Uh, oh, so good. And just to give you guys just the level of I guess you could say insanity of like uh, Eric didn't like have this on an iPod or on the computer or anything. No, Eric had this on like a cassette tape. (laughs) (laughs) We would rewind (laughs) but we would play before we would go out. Like after we found it's like this is the greatest song ever. We gotta play this before we go out. I had a bunch of weird cassettes like that. I had that one. I had the the soundtrack to Forrest Gump. I had some (laughs) other weird ones that I just I'd find them at the thrift stores and I'd just be like that sounds great. Let's get this. Like I'm collecting all these cassette tapes for no reason. It's dead technology. <laughs> no, but it was it was great. Like one of my favorite memories with you, and because it's multiple times it happened, we'd be driving around Portland with the windows down, and we would be blasting the Ghostbusters theme. Sometimes. Yeah, Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> or just whatever great, great random music. song that was like a old classic or something. We just oh yeah, let's just let's just do this. And that probably started, uh, that was probably the start of uh, my uh, bar uh, karaoke machine thing of always starting with like Earth, Wind and Fire, September or something. Yeah. Uh, Probably the most song I'm most known for, (laughs) for most people. Yeah, we had a lot of interesting like songs that pumped us up or started out our nights. Like when everyone else was listening to like Kanye or uh, DJ Khaled. You know, we were listening to Ray Parker Jr. or Rick Ashley or... Can't forget. Uh, oh, shit. Sweet Caroline, baby. That was, uh, oh, that was yeah. another... That was another big one that would... Uh, <laughs> that, I think that was the closing night when we were all just, like, hammered. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that riled me up for, you know, multiple reasons. I mean, it was... That was during the, the stint of when the Red Sox were crazy good. They they'd won the world series like the year before we moved into that house mm-hmm. when i was in the towers and you were in alger right up right halfway up the hill yeah and that's when i was roommates with ryan those are good times man yeah man i look back at those fondly like there's things i look back i'm like oh, man i wish maybe i hadn't done that or i was a little smarter and all that but <laughs> yeah fuck it it was it was good times it was good times yeah yeah and I mean, you know, you, you learn, you move on. You, you gotta know. live and learn. Yeah. No, but uh, shoot, I was just thinking something. Freshman year, that's when we met. Sophomore year, that's when we like started hanging out a little more, and that's when we decided we were going to uh, go in the house. And I don't know if I have the picture. I'm gonna actually have to look for it, but I'm pretty sure I still have like a picture 
of you, Dave, and me at the swim team's house or something. Like this is after we've already signed a contract to like do that. And we're like, all right, we're having like a we're having a housemate out night with all yeah. because we haven't done that enough or something. And I think it's just like all three of us sharing or something like that. So that was always like, I look back in those moments very fondly and being like, yeah, those are good times. I think it's, I know the picture you're talking about, but yeah, I don't know where that is. It's it's somewhere buried in Facebook. I'd have to like go into a deep dive and stuff like that to actually find yeah. it. But, you know, uh, you didn't mention, you know, Boston man. You are the, uh, the Boston man from uh, school and all that. And like I've talked about sports on here. I'm well, I have love for sports. I don't think I have like many affiliations, I guess, with sports teams. Mm-hmm. So it was always entertaining for me. Uh, the New York fans and then my Boston fan, Mr. Bob. You actually made me like a fan of uh, I guess Boston teams <laughs> just, just for your pure love of it. I was like, I can't hate on this. I can't. <laughs> I always felt well, bad because that was like the Giants two fucking Super Bowls. Oh, those and it was like I was never there, but I was like, he's sitting there with all these rabid New York fans that I know are loving every second of this and have to rub it in his face. And I never had a problem with the Giants, you know, <laughs> and they were such dicks. I mean, I still, I don't hold it against them. Like, I get it. They don't have a whole lot to cheer for nowadays. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was always a, uh, a New England fan. My, my dad grew up in Boston, so he would take me up to Fenway Park all the time when I was a kid. Never went to a Patriots game, went to see the Bruins play hockey once, went to see the Celtics play a couple times. But I mean, you know, when I was younger, all these teams were terrible. <laughs> the Patriots did make it to the Super Bowl in, I think it was 97, but they lost to the Packers. Mm. Um, but I mean, this was, you know, a stretch in the, in the late eighties and nineties where the Red Sox just couldn't pull it together. The Yankees were probably one of the most dominant dynasties in baseball history. Yeah. But like for a long time, I just kind of followed the sports in general. You know, I was a fan of, of individual players. I loved Ozzie Smith from the Cardinals. I loved Ken Griffey Jr. from Seattle. Right. And then just when I got older, you know, I just kind of gravitated toward you know, my dad's teams and that was, you know, all the new England teams. And, you know, it was very rare that I'd find another new England fan in the area. Everybody was always, you know, jets giants down where I grew up towards right outside the city. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I got a lot of pride for it because it, you know, it was something that again, the teams weren't great at that time. And, and I felt passionate about them and it gave me a great relationship with my dad. And then, you know, when we were in high school, I think our junior senior year, that city turned it around. Yeah. And they started winning championship after championship. They got the big three with the Celtics, uh, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. And then the Red Sox won like two world series and, the Patriots got good. Tom Brady, you know, started his career there and just became this huge star almost overnight after Drew Brees or not Drew Brees after Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then the Bruins followed along not long after that. So, you know, it was a it was a good time to be a fan to see like all those championships and a lot of that. Yeah, man, you went through the the 
I think that's that's the true definition. If you go through the bad times and then you're there for the good times, you're not. Uh, it can never be said that it's like what is it like a bandwagon fan? Band, yeah, jumping on when things are good and yeah. kind of hopping off when they're not. That's it. So I guess the big question is, Brady or Patriots? Oh man, that's. <laughs> I, I like to I like to joke around that I'm a I'm a Tampa Bay Patriots fan because <laughs> him and him and Kronk went down there and I know there was rumors that Edelman and uh, Stephon Gilmore were going to go down there but you know that's obviously not all working out but you know I got I got love for for the team and and I got a lot of respect for Tom Brady I know a lot of people hate him but <laughs> I think it's just because again he's impossibly good at what he does that he's stayed healthy and dominant you know I mean I I guess I loved Peyton Manning's personality but as a football player I was like fuck that guy because he was so good (laughs) when he do when he do those AT&T commercials I'm like god damn I gotta get that phone That's it. No, man. I the one thing I love is uh this this uh Tom Brady unleashed. I love this shit talking kind of like attitude that's now like creeping out of him. That I'm like, oh my god, yes, we all knew, we all knew this was in there, but now it's it's just like he really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, one ring's already covered rings. I'm going for a second one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, when he was wasted and he threw the trophy from that boat, I was like, this is the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I think I saw you mostly in a Bruin. I think the Bruin, your Bruins uh, jersey. I think that was the one I saw you in most. Oh, I loved that thing. That again, that that was something that my dad had gotten when he was in high school. That was from the oh, really from the sixties, and it almost totally matched up with the jersey that Adam Sandler wore in Happy Gilmore, which. <laughs> was a movie that you know we watched hundreds of times so like i just i loved that i loved that jersey i still had it i wore it to john glass's bachelor party when we went golfing yeah i know i've seen the golf pictures of your <laughs> there are so many probably random people's facebooks that i'm on because they were just taking pictures of me because i when i got there all i had was the jersey but i've got you know this love and magnetism towards thrift stores so i found one that was close by and i bought a pair of blue pants and black shoes and i bought the golf clubs because i didn't even really plan on golfing that weekend i was just gonna hang out i bought those clubs i brought a hockey stick (laughs) and i still use those clubs today i played golf with hudson a couple weeks ago with those same clubs and the golf stick (laughs) or the the hockey the hockey stick (laughs) that's great now i would see those pictures of you uh doing uh the happy gilmore poses ready to put the ball in and shit like that yeah the boston fan thing the fandom that was always uh big in the house i remember when there was a game be guaranteed you see eric sitting there with his Bruins jersey on computer ready open ready as we all stared and watched our fantasy yeah which I will admit to you folks, uh, I didn't plan this when I set up this interview, but Eric and me are facing each other this week. <laughs> so if there's a random cheer or something in the middle of this, probably means one of us scored or something. Because I guarantee we're both watching 
Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah the I, first thing I didn't think about it because because after you had that podcast with Hudson and then you asked me to come on, I was like, yeah, for sure. This weekend doesn't work, but maybe next weekend. And, you know, we're, we're working it out. And then I'm like, oh, shit, we're playing each other. Like, that's <laughs> so funny. What a crazy coincidence. It was, I think it only hit me like a couple of days ago. I was like, all right, I got to. I think after last week, because I'm, you know, I play week to week of fantasy. I, you know, I take it twice. I don't look ahead. I don't look ahead at the schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to worry about, you got to worry about one game at a time. <laughs> but then I, I saw it and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, Eric and me are going to be playing each other. And I got an interview with him. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> I enjoy it. You know, this, uh, I'm so grateful for the Fantasy Football League. And thus, I'm so grateful for uh, the TV show, The League, which, you know, no, no, no uh, mystery, as I've stated in other podcasts, is the reason we started the, our league pre- pretty much. We saw that. We're like, this seems fun. We should do something like this. Yeah, it definitely sparked a lot of inspiration. We probably played like I did, like random leagues or whatever and stuff. But it was never like have a group of people together to actually do it and what it's just kind of grown and become and i guess the legend of the o'connor cup yeah the people we know it's like now this is a this is high class this is serious like yeah same yeah i've been introduced to fantasy football a a few years before we started our league but like you know i never had any real i don't know no feelings towards it like i'd miss a weekend like oh i don't care Mm -hmm. but then when we started Every week, the and there's no money involved. There, there's nothing but shit talk and and bragging rights, and it's probably one of the the best things that I've done competitively in my life. I I love it. I I love this season so much. Yeah, like I have friends that would be like, "What you guys? You guys aren't like playing for money or anything like that." It's like that's that's, that's totally not the point of this whole league. It's not. It's just group of friends getting together and it's just the bragging rights of it all. Yeah. You know, and you know, thus us all like hating each other. Like we all hate Matt. We all hate him and his fucking <laughs> unbelievable. I still, I, I mean, you talked about it two weeks ago or, or whenever that podcast came out, you created a monster, man. I know. I was, I know. I was happy to just let him draft Randy Moss every year. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny too. I have like a chat with him, Tivas, and uh, Dave. And actually, just today, there was like a thing. And I was like, yo, Card- Cordell Patterson, greatest free agent pickup. And then I put in parentheses, I know you were looking at him, Matt. That's why I picked him up. And Matt's like, yeah, I was looking at him. I was also looking at, uh, oh shit, who was it? Sam Darnold, but you also picked him up. I was like, yeah, I just, I figured it out. I have to do what I'm thinking before you do that's that's how i have to play now i have to just do that 13 it's i love the brags uh i don't know if, how did you you probably saw the trophy before i did with when uh wolfen put on the plaque thing mm, i don't remember if i saw it oh yeah i mean i mean our the first trophy was were those shorts that we stole from from Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> that I yes. think I still have somewhere. And then uh, I'm and not then sure you... who has the brush. Dave or me has the brush. 
Yeah, from the other Kristen, the Grogan. No, no, we actually have oh, that was O'Connor's because Grogan oh. let us all in, and I think it was you, David, and me, and we each just grabbed one because I think this is when we were still at uh, Crime, maybe. It might. Yeah, we were seventy three because they were across the street. Yeah, so we each grabbed one. I forget what the other thing was. Someone had a brush. Then there was the shorts and something. Yeah, and I know. The, the shorts were the best though, because she's like, I really want those back. <laughs> so yeah, you got to talk to your roommate. That wasn't us. <laughs> Before anybody tries to cancel us, it was a uh, her roommate knew and she let us in. And she let us do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she was yeah. On. We had consent through and yeah. through that entire adventure. It was all consented. <laughs> Got to cover tracks. Got to cover tracks. <laughs> but no, uh, we all had our own things. I, the O'Connor. <laughs> but uh, no, well, I guess Wolfen, when he had it, he added a plaque thing to it with all our names in each year that we won. Why haven't I seen that? Or maybe I did. And I just, I don't know. I, yeah, well, I had too much Hudson, wine that day. Hudson's Hudson's an ass because he's like, when I went up there, he's like, "Hey man, went, come to the garage, check this out." And I go there, and he's got the trophy in there. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, look at all the plaques. Look at my name. So many times." <laughs> what an like, asshole! <laughs> so happy. I've already put the curse on. I was like, "You're domesticated now, brother. You're done. You're done." It's like only non-domesticated people can win this league now. So all you married guys, I have no faith in you right now. It's yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I see after like, after four weeks, Dave changed his team name to the Don't Bother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, can I use my money league for my money league team for our league or something? <laughs> It's like, oh, this is this is hard. And I was like, it's all right, brother. There's nothing wrong with the Grogan. I wonder, does Jay have the Grogan? Because there was a Grogan trophy, too. The um, I don't know. Yeah, there was one, but I don't remember what it was. It kind of like... It was a walrus. I, I remember because I got them both made. And I was like, we'll just do the Grogan. We'll just make it a walrus. Whatever. Oh. And we'll just give that to the person. But I, I feel like Jay might have it just because Jay was like the piano perennial uh grogan winner i always feel bad for jay actually hasn't and hasn't just messaged me before he's like D- did we jinx jay in the episode when we were talking about him yeah right because nah, then he lost i was like nah bro this is per course this is per course for poor jay i always yeah. week four or five you know he starts to take a turn yeah so like i said we, there's only two guarantees in the league we all want jay to win other than ourselves, we, we all kind of root for Jay. It's like you've been there for a while. Like Jay was, I think, the first add-on to our league. He was before Tvaz. Uh, Tvaz, yeah, and then Kevin. We added Jay and Big Kev, and then Big Kev got quickly replaced. <laughs> That's when Wolfen came in. Yeah, and Woody. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it's the two guarantees. We all want Jay to win, and. We all don't want Woody to win. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes feel bad. It's like, I don't hate you, Woody. It's just, I can't, I can't have you win. Just to have, I, I, it's bad enough that Hudson gets to talk shit. I can't have Woody talk shit to me. 
It's just, it's just something in me that's like, I can't allow this to happen. He <laughs> wants it. He wants it so bad. And it's like, I think that's the other reason that it's like, I know you want this so bad, but it's just like that evil, I guess you could say in me sometimes where it's just like, I just want to watch you suffer sometimes. It's just like, Oh, I know this hurts you. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, the, the Joker inside us all that we just want to see Woody burn. <laughs> just to see it all go down. <laughs> oh man i can't uh, i'm just like a participant how is commissionership in like a fantasy league how does um i don't know i mean i i I basically put it up to you guys i propose you know new rules and kind of adding things to see what you guys think and if we get quorum if the majority of guys want it i'll change it but for the most part you know the app kind of makes things super easy you know, the first year, there was a lot more interaction with, with you know, making the draft order. Mm. But now with the way that technology has changed just so much in the past 12 or 13 years, everything just does itself on auto. Yeah. <laughs> and again, because there's no money to keep track of, you know, I'm, I'm really just kind of a, just a face. <laughs> I'm just somebody that you guys can ask questions to. But then again, I, then I just go to Yahoo answers. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll figure that out. Uh, I do like the feature that we have in a league where we can look back at all the old seasons. Like you, yeah, that's how I'm looking right now. I'm like, wow, back in 2009. That's 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 the date from <laughs> that this whole started this uh, fantasy football experiment. Uh, Eric, I think this is a good halfway point. Uh, when we get back, I'd like to get into. I guess the after college, everything that happened with you after college, because I know you cool. did that, uh, ventured the culinary world. You know, I know a lot of your social media is what I dub food porn. Uh, oh, thank you very much. Food porn, a uh, popular thing, uh, especially amongst uh, a group of our friends. If you ever saw our group chats, that is essentially what it is. It is food porn and it's randomness. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. When we get back, we're going to get into a little of that. See where else we go to. Guys, we'll be Great. right back after this. And we're back. Hope you guys have been enjoying this fantasy reunion with uh, Mr. Hot Sauce. I'm not going to try and fuck up your last name again. I got I got it the first time. I'm like, you got it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm nervous that I'm like, if I try it again, I might fuck this up. So I'm not. <laughs> you could always just add a correct pronunciation in post. Svensson. Yeah, yeah. Then it's just going to be like a cut. It's going to be <laughs> Sven. Son. <laughs> Some shit. <laughs> no, man. But I've been enjoying this. And uh, like I said before, we went to the break. You know, maybe we didn't talk all the time, but it's like, you know, thanks to the, I guess you can call it the gift or curse of social media. You know, you're able to like keep up a little on like what people are doing. And yeah. I did see you uh, enter into the culinary world and all that, which, you know, yeah. uh, think back in uh, Corland, there was, of course, the infamous study hall where you were uh, back there cooking, all that. And it's like, oh, that's the start. He's going to start doing it. And I think back to when we all lived together, you know, we had, well, you and me would cook. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan would do Ryan. <laughs> his, his Spanish rice that was just ketchup and rice mixed together. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess what... Uh, what led you to go into uh, culinary, I guess? So, I mean, I was 
always around food growing up. Um, my, I, we cooked a lot at home. My mom, you know, was, grew up, uh, in Harlem. She was Puerto Rican. She was always cooking rice and beans and fennel and, you know, whatever, you know, she, she cooked a lot. My dad loved to cook. He was always grilling, doing steaks and seafood. And then when I graduated high school, I actually did apply to the Culinary Institute of America at Hyde Park and I got in, but they were kind of, they, they kind of pushed me to go to Cortland just to, because at that time, CIA didn't have a bachelor program. It was just an associate's degree in culinary. Mm. So I guess they kind of like, like, you know, maybe it's not the best career option, you know, get a bachelor's degree. And then if you want to, you know, follow that course, you can do that later. Have something Um, as a backup before you decide to jump fully into that. Yeah. So I I started going to Cortland for phys ed a lot like Hudson did. And then I switched into uh, recreation management and outdoor education. And then as soon as I got that degree, I'm like, all right, so can I, can I cook for real now? (laughs) um yeah the the study hall was was kind of a good place to get my foot in the door um I don't know I you could kind of consider me the Charlie Kelly of that place at first you know I was (laughs) just doing cleanup and then Jamie taught me how to bartend and you know I I took the the minimal stuff I knew about cooking and kind of put it to use and did a lot of that short order stuff and Mm -hmm. uh and then, um, you know, then learning the business side of, of running that bar and restaurant, at least what I thought I had learned. <laughs> Me and John, we, we ran that for close to seven years. Mm. Um, and then I realized, you know, if I really wanted to, to actually make a career out of this, why not go to school for it? So then I, I reapplied to CIA and then I, I went to their campus at Hyde Park and, you know, learned all the traditional French cooking techniques and how to actually run a business or at least run a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was great, you know, and that really, really helped me kind of come into my own as, as a chef and figure things out. And I, right now I'm, I'm managing a steakhouse, which is, you know, it's, it's good. I enjoy it. Uh, I'd worked in barbecue. I worked for dinosaur barbecue for, for a couple of years after I got out of school. And that was a great, great experience. And, you know, I think a lot of people who, who end up following, you know, a career in, in culinary kind of hope to open their own restaurant or run their own catering business at some point. And, and I think I've got that on the back burner for lack of a better pun. <laughs> um, but, you know, right now I'm just kind of figuring things out in this post pandemic and, uh, and cooking and enjoying it. And yeah, on, on social media, I, I do a lot of my home cooking and I, I post that as kind of, you know, food and an artistic expression, I guess. So. No, you, you definitely uh, fancy up that food a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely see it. And of course you see our friends, uh, I guess you could call it cat calling your food sometimes on in the, in the comments and whatnot yeah <laughs> but no i'm not, i'm i don't know if i've said it to you but i'm actually very proud of you and seeing you go along this route because you know uh i think a lot of people and maybe i'll just speak for myself I, but i've noticed this in i guess just in my conversations on this podcast and off with people that i've 
either gone to college or have gone to college. It's like a lot of very few people actually do what they graduate with. It's I think we all go into college at first with like uh, we have this idea almost like that. I guess you can say American dream kind of setup. Like I know for me, it was like, oh, yeah, I love writing professional writing program. That sounds sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And then you get into it and you're like, this isn't what I want to do. <laughs> this, yeah. isn't, this isn't what I want to do. This is completely my, I, uh, I romanticize the whole idea of what this was going to be yeah. as to oppose the reality. So I, I do see a lot of people usually like after college or something, there's this like confusion. It's like, all right, I, I did what I'm supposed to do. Now what? Yeah. And it's like this lost period sometimes. I can, you know, know that for myself. <laughs> Took me, uh, you know, good uh, 30 years before I could, like, get my shit together. So, you know, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. But, yeah. you know, uh, like I said, we would cook in the house and all that. So seeing you go into something I know you enjoy and all that. And I, I always preface this usually with, like, people when I talk about like careers and stuff like that, it's like, you shouldn't do what you love for money, but if you get money for it, that's great. You know, yeah. and all that, because that's what kind of taints it a little where you just stop kind of loving right. it and all that. And I think you have like the right idea, especially with the pandemic and all that. Like, like you said, a lot of people, they probably like, all right, went to culinary school and open my own restaurant and they hit those five stars. I'm going to be great. Do all this. It's like, take a step by step. Take by step. Yeah. It's not like I think everybody's in like a race to achieve that, like I guess the pinnacle of whatever they're looking at. Yeah. And I mean the the industry was decimated over the last year. Like I mean, so many industries were were really significantly mm-hmm. hurt. And it's gonna be a long time before, you know, we see things kind of straighten out again. But yeah, yeah well, I, I, I love I, I love what I do. And, you know, sometime down the line, I, I, I'd like to, you know, have my own, I don't know, uh, restaurant. Just a place you can call your own. Just like, yeah. it doesn't have to be something big or something like that, probably. I had to say, yeah, like, no, you're, not something... looking, you're looking for something homely. Almost. Yeah, you can have your own, uh, oh, what was it? Frank and Mary's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I get, yeah. Some, like, you know, something where I have creative control. It doesn't have to be a super big menu. But, you know, just something where I can kind of change things, you know, seasonal food, change things up, have something creative. You know, I'm not I'm not looking to be, you know, a multi-million dollar corporation, but, you know, just doing what I love and, and being able to make a living. That's what I'm looking for, man. Yeah, man. I like it. You know, uh, <laughs> have you thought of a, a catering uh I guess a catering service name yet? Is it going to be a uh, hot sauce express or something or? Uh, no, I, I don't think I've really thought of a name. I definitely would like to get back into barbecue that mm-hmm. my years with, with Dino and, and, you know, uh, certain classes at CIA taught you a lot about preserving food, smoking it, pickling it, uh, you know, and, and different cooking techniques and, and barbecue was always something you know, cooking with smoke, cooking with a lot of vinegar and salt and, and creating food like that was something that really, really interested me. And, and it's something that I'd really like to share. 
Hmm. Would you say barbecue is like your favorite type of cooking? I guess is that. I guess that's how you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite brand? I guess you can uh, go about. I mean, it's it's arguably the quintessential American cuisine. You know the way that you know the Italians have all that history with with pasta and and tomato sauce. Even though tomatoes aren't, mm-hmm. you know originally from Europe, they, they adapted to getting tomatoes and it became so entrenched in their culture. You see that with, you know, the American style barbecue smoking meat was something that, you know, came about because putting smoke on food, putting salt on food was a way for us to preserve it Mm -hmm. and add all these incredible flavors to it. So you see it a lot, you know, especially in, you know, the Southern United States, it's in the Carolinas, you know, smoking whole hogs or, or in texas smoking brisket mm. it is incredibly deep entrenched in the culture and and i think it's you know really really amazing was there something that you cooked that you were like i don't know maybe super proud of like that first time that you did it or something that you're like maybe you were nervous going in and then after you're like oh i fucking killed it i mean definitely doing a brisket for the first time with an all wood pit Oh, all wood. So yeah, yeah. Um, because I know you know a, a lot of people nowadays have pellet smokers with internal thermometers and alarms and stuff like that, which is great. And you know you get some good product out of that. But but running a pit that's solely based on wood, filling that firebox every you know thirty five forty minutes, making sure it's at the right temperature. Um. And making sure you don't overcook that so it shreds. You get real nice slices. It's still moist and and not dry. You know, it's uh, takes a lot of patience and a lot of practice. Yeah, I would say that. I like my dad was a cook in the family, so like, and he wasn't like the basic like I guess the basic dad thought of cuisine is like, oh, dad's always going to be at the barbecue or something like that. My dad was never. <laughs> He would during the summer and all that, but I guess uh, his main thing was just in the kitchen. So it was always just like homemade meals and stuff and just create your own, I guess you can say. But it was like always interesting seeing people who like actually go down the culinary thing and seeing, uh, I guess, a more, how do I say it? I guess a more, not a home ec uh, way of cooking or something. Right. <laughs> uh, you know? uh you know they actually are looking for stuff i mean i know in our house big thing uh usually on the tv was the cooking network yeah uh, that was uh i think that was that was that was probably the thing on the most i know definitely at tompkins that was definitely the the, the channel that was on the most uh yeah you know uh as i did state in uh Hudson's episode, you and Dave have ruined uh, Iron Man and Transformer. <laughs> well, Transformer. Because, <laughs> you know. No, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you like. It's funny seeing it, just how we would watch the Food Network and be like, it really is food porn. And that is essentially it. Like that South Park episode with fucking Randy Marsh and whatnot. <laughs> and just oh, like, yeah. And he's got the cream freeze and yeah yeah it is one of those which you know i also have to i'll give you credit for of uh really getting me into south park that became like another staple in the house and all that like growing up my parents didn't want me watching south park 
you know, it was religious household and all that. So like there's certain shows like Always Sunny and uh, what, what I just fucking said it too. Wow, brain freeze. Uh, South Park that like I didn't really watch a lot. And I went to college and then you and Dave started like introducing me to these shows and whatnot. I said, oh, okay. And then I bring them back home to people and all that. My dad's a big fan of South Park now. Like I've sent him all the Mormon episodes. I don't think I was allowed to watch South Park until like I was probably like a junior or senior in high school. And I mean, because that came out when we were young. We yeah. might have been in fourth grade when that show came out and they were in fourth grade. It was definitely elementary school. You think about it, like, didn't they just do 20, 25 or 20, 20, 25 seasons? I think they're past. Something like that, man. I, that was like one of those old, that was like the first like cartoon. Like, it's like, uh, it probably doesn't make sense to like kids now, but it's like my parents also had like an issue with the Simpsons at a time and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Where it's like, oh, I don't want you watching that, which like now today, Simpsons is like so tamed. Compared yeah, so to- tame. <laughs> so tame. It's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> it was like, I wouldn't be allowed to look at the TV uh, if what's like on TV now was like back when we were like kids. Yeah, right. They just throw the TV right out into the lawn and be like, like you don't need this. You don't need this. <laughs> the devil's in that TV. Shit. But you've, uh, of course, kept in touch with uh, the boys. As I say, you got your golfing trips all scheduled out and whatnot so you guys can have fun with those i mean john john got me i played a little bit like i'd go to driving ranges Mm -hmm. but like you know in the past year or so john's taken me golfing a lot and you know seeing how hudson's gotten really into it over the past year you know it's um you know it is it is something that you know is it's a a difficult game it's not easy by any means and it can be very, very frustrating at times. But yeah, it, it, it can be a lot of fun also. You definitely got to try it. Coincide it with some other events, you know. We can maybe next year's draft, we can make it a whole weekend. Oh, no, we've uh, we definitely talked about, uh, especially since Dave and me are starting to sing up, we want to do a live thing. Like I said, I'm going to go up there and play golf next year. I got to finish off this year once I get – it's busy, <laughs> you know, uh, like – Besides the day job, I have to do this. So I've pretty much set up as like, all right, I work, I work four days and then the other three days are completely dedicated to podcasting and setting up interviews that I can and whatnot. Yeah. Which, which, uh, you know, people wondering, that's probably the toughest thing when you're starting off is just making sure you have a variety of guests. Yeah. I mean, I can't be on here with uh, my boy Keenan every episode. Uh, <laughs> You know, he may be the most popular episode that I've uh, uploaded, but you can only make milk that cow for so long, you know? Yeah. And I like variety. And there's, uh, you know, as I said, this is like, I take this also as an opportunity to just reconnect and reunite with people that maybe I haven't seen or talked enough with, you know? Right. And, you know, it's a good excuse. There's always people you can talk to that you can find interesting things with. And there's just sometimes like, maybe you don't, you don't think of somebody right away, but then it just like comes up. It's like, oh yeah, shit. I should talk to that person and all that. Yeah. It was just like when you messaged me after you heard us, I was like, shit, yeah. I gotta have uh, the original the original house. You know, 73 grand. I gotta have 73 grand on here. 
Yeah. I'm just going to do one more. <laughs> Since uh, Hudson was the unofficial house, uh, yeah. house member of 73. The couch surfer. Couch surfing, yeah. But now, nah, Eric, I've kept you long enough. The games are about to start, so before things get a little too personal between us. <laughs> All right. But hey, man, uh, usually at this point, if you have anything you want to plug or share with people, you know, to check out your uh, cooking and whatnot, please do so now. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to take a look at some of the dishes that I, I make, uh, I'm on Instagram at Sven Fuego. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm kind of doing an exhibit throughout October of just kind of Halloween themed food. Um, but otherwise, I just kind of pretty much cook whatever I want or, or if anybody, you know, messages me is like, hey, have you ever, you know, cooked beef tongue? Have you ever cooked with, you know, venison? Or if they, they send me recipes and, and I do a little research, I'll try to kind of put my own spin on it. And, uh, you know, I always love, you know, talking food with people. I think that's pretty much it. And all that. But guys, hey, we listen to this podcast. Great. Awesome. You found the podcast. Please hit that like, subscribe, or whatever is offered to you on uh, whatever platform you're listening to this on. And of course, if you want to come at me, talk to me, whatever, you guys can do so at the Tommy Tom 88 on Twitter and Tommy Tom P 88 on Instagram. Eric, Mr. Hot, once again, it was uh, a pleasure having you on. I'm going to uh, quickly turn to focusing on this fantasy football game. So <laughs> uh, just looking at uh, the players. Well, it looks like we have to wait until Monday to find out if you win. But uh, if I win before today, be sure to get a message from me. Oh, I I will keep my eye on it. (laughs) But thanks, man. I I really appreciate it. You know, I'd like to keep more in contact with you. I definitely will let you know when uh, the plan next year is to go up to uh, do this golf. So you guys can uh, show me the ropes. Cool. Yeah, man. I would love to have you up here. Yep. But we'll catch you all. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind. Never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher choice. Cuts know I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm going to be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles. Y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm going to be slaying this because you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines I'm only gonna be moving when I'm read through all the signs Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgrade in mind This is for the rebels and their revolutionary minds Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine Future is creation and creation is sublime Make your own legend only happens with time